Danielson has faded. Ball's looking around. All that weight. Ball's looking around. That's it's it. Over. Whoa. That is it. Now the winner of this match, the winner of the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions, Welcome in to GKW. This is Good Karma Wrestling. I am getting with Brian Rowitz. Uh, Jay Hood is off this week, although he may jump in a little bit later. Um, it's really so. What, where we have to start with Good Karma Wrestling here this afternoon and this evening is last night. We have to start with the. Uh, with the unbelievable show, it was a great show. I enjoyed it. We talked about it. If you want more of an in-depth breakdown of everything that happened last night at Grand Slam, make sure you download the podcast uh, that we did after last night. Um, so, taking a look, um, you know, Brian Rhodes is going to be joining here shortly. He, he's currently frozen, um, trying to figure out a way that uh, you know we're, we're going to get Brian on here shortly. But we're we're at a point now where John Moxley is the new three-time champ in AEW. And he's crowned last night. So where we're going to start the show is, what do we want to see out of a John Moxley run? Um, and we've seen two other runs with him as AEW champ. And, it, you know, it, we, with, with Mox as AEW champ. And this, the second run, we've talked about it here on GKW. The second run, it was just, it, it was filler. Like we knew CM Punk was coming back. We knew, so you couldn't tell any meaningful stories. But where we start tonight, Brian, with GKW is, what are we expecting? What do you want to see out of title run number three of John Moxley? Yeah, that is the weird thing that we are acknowledging. Like, hey, it's three runs because are we counting the interim and that sort of stuff? But, like, I agree with you. Like, it feels like for a while there haven't been those great world title storylines. Because even with Hangman, one of my big things was there wasn't that memorable moment. And part of that was because the chase was so damn good. The payoff was so good that once he got to the top, there really wasn't anywhere else to go. So I think right now in AEW, like, they are lacking outside of MJF those major heels. So, like, I do worry about that, but I also feel like if they're going straight into MJF and Mox, you got to give it to MJF the first time around. I, so, I keep going back and forth on this. If they dive right into MJF, do you have to give it to him? Will they give it to him? Because the, I, I don't know if I'm willing to put championship on him. And, and, and this is and this is why MJF is so good. This is why we love MJF because we don't know what to work, we don't know what to shoot, right? Like so, maybe maybe he's just the best worker of all time. We're all getting worked, you know. Like this whole damn thing has been a work. Him going away, coming back, like just builds up the popularity for MJF. Maybe this was just genius by everyone. It's more likely a shoot that's been turned into a work. I don't know though for sure. So. If let's just say that there are real life issues there with MJF and AEW and he wants more money and he keeps talking about being a free agent. I'm not willing to put that much like a, much like WWE wasn't willing to put on the world championship on CM Punk 
over a decade ago at this point or about a decade ago at this point until he signed that contract extension. I don't know if I'm putting on the championship on MJF unless I get that contract extension because I, I just feel like I'm rolling the dice way too much if I put the belt on someone who has been so anti-AEW Yeah, in I character. Get, no, of course, I get that. But, like, think of the buzz. Like, think of the intrigue around that because – there's going to be the storyline right now with Mox is he's the face of the company. He's taken the company on his back, said, hey, I am your leader. Follow me. Give me the title. Let's go. MJF is a world champion with faces chasing him, with faces trying to say, hey, you little, you know, whatever. Like, you're not going to take this from our company. That's a hell of a story for a whole year. Like with Mox, with the lack of heels, if it's so I'll go this way. If it's not MJF, where are they going? Well, I mean, Hangman reportedly is going to be getting a, a title shot here because they taped Rampage last night. Spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen that yet. Um, my bad. I apologize <laughs> for that. If you were waiting to watch the uh, the two-hour Rampage, he, he won their, their Battle Royal to get that title shot. So he'll get a title shot in the future. Obviously, you don't need a storyline for that. So I, I, I wonder if they end up just kind of doing another series of more or less open challenges for Mox, sure. where he's defending it on Dynamite, you know, three out of four weeks of the month and just kind of keeps doing that to bide time until they get to MJF. But that because like you, like you said, there's no, there's no heel. Yeah, there's no storyline. And the, the only other storyline that I guess I came up with in thinking about what I want to see, like, do we see more infighting within the BCC, which hasn't lived up to its full potential for, sure. I think, that to feel anything at this point and part of that's because of all the injuries so you know they, they didn't really get to build up the Blackpool Combat Club maybe like they were going to originally just because you had the injury to Danielson you had the injury to Punk so Mox ends up being champ and, and you're not able to kind of tell the stories maybe you wanted to with BCC so like Danielson or Claudio getting jealous and okay. kind of turning on Mox like that's that's about the only thing I could come up with at this point so I'd be into that I mean the names I wrote down I came up with four I think because they haven't really figured out what to do with him yet, Miro. Like, let there be some story. I don't have a storyline, but, like, let those two work, and then you get one hell of a pay-per-view main event. Like, those two in the ring, they will go. I think it would be great. I guess I also trust, like, the both of them on the microphone that yeah. they'll make it worth it for 100%. us. 100%. And, like, how, whichever way they do it, like, that'll be good. Brody King, I think, is a star. Maybe he's not ready yet for this moment, but I think there could be something there. And then the other two, we saw him drop the tag belts last night. If they're going down that heelish route, is Swerve and Keith Lee. Finding a way to elevate those guys to the next level, Mox will be the guy that can take them there to where they don't have to win the title. You don't even have to think they're going to win the title, but you can get a hell of a program with either of them and Mox. The problem with all this is that MJF just lingers over it all. Correct. Right? Like, that's, that's, that's the issue they kind of have right now is MJF with that chip, much like he was – not even metaphorically, just literally, you know, above the match, constantly cutting to him and his reactions of everything that was going on with Danielson and Mox. Like, he's always hanging around. So what do you do with MJF in the meantime? Like, do you, do you feed him, Claudio? Do you feed him? You could set up something with him and Wheeler Yuta uh -huh. where, you know, they have like a month-long program off of what happened last night. You know, do, do the other members of – you know, the, the Blackpool Combat Club kind of serve as the 
the ladder to eventually get to John Moxley. Although he doesn't need to right. do that. And it doesn't seem like it fits the MJF character because why do the pro wrestling thing when you have the poker chip that you can just cash in and don't have to work up that rope. But I think it sort of adds to the snakish heel of MJF. If he's still just sort of lingering and they're like, Hey, we want to make this the pay-per-view main event. You can do it. It's like, Hey, Tony wants me to cash in. We're going to main event full gear. And MJF goes, no, I don't want to. Like I'm going to do this over my terms. Basically, the way they did the him and Wardlow build up, where it was like, hey, they're not going to fight. They're not going to fight. Then finally they fight. So maybe that's the way that you can have Mox do something else. You can have Mox successfully defend the title ahead of time and then just continue to push down the road the eventual MJF winning of the title. Is MJF, is he a heel? I understand, like, storyline-wise, like, in a traditional, but, like, Everything he did last night, they cheered, including saying that he wouldn't sleep with any of their wives if offered because he has standards. Like, that got cheers. The only thing that got him booze was pushing down Tony Schiavone. Like, that's the only thing that MJF could do last night that would get the crowd to. And it wasn't even like a hearty round of booze. Uh It was just kind of a smattering. So it wasn't even like the crowd 100% turning on him. He was about, you know. 60% 60% turning on it. But, like, that's pro wrestling. I think one of the reasons MJF stood out for so long is because he was the best heel in all of pro wrestling. He actually had people hating him. He had people booing him. But now he's more in that, like, grayish heel that we see so often. I mean, even in the women's division. Like, Britt Baker is a heel, but the crowd's going to DMD with her. And, like, you have stuff like that. So I think he is overall a heel, but not as far to the one side as we've seen in the past. So what if you actually turn this thing on its head to make it last as long as you can? Where MJF is the one playing hard to get because he does have that championship cash in. So Mox, even though he's the champ, still ends up chasing MJF because he wants to take down MJF because he's been anti-AEW. He's Mr. AEW. So then he can kind of go the ass boys. He can go through W. Morrissey. He can go through those guys that Stokely Hathaway has put together in the firm and go through those guys, and he has to climb the rung in order to get to MJF. Could we do that? Yeah, I, I think that works because also the MJF angle there is you can do like, hey, like I don't, you know, I, I want to face someone else. Where like he's not saying he's afraid of Moxley, but he sort of acts afraid of Moxley, and he tries to get someone else to take the belt off him. So like a Miro or Brody King, like no, mm. like you know, I want Miro to get a shot first. Like you know, I'm just sort of sitting back waiting. So I think that could definitely work. Yeah, because I. I mean, in terms of the House of Black, I mean, the House of Black, certainly, I I think they're among the most over, but without Malachi, you know, with him leaving and and him kind of voicing some displeasures on the way out the door as well. Like, I I think Malachi Black could have made a lot of sense as a heel um, going after the the championship because, yeah, they just don't, other than the Jericho Appreciation Society, right? Like, other than that, and... I'm starting to kind of get sick of the BCC versus JAS yes. kind of background stuff that they've been doing for, I don't know, about half the year now. And we've seen Jericho on Mox for the title already. Like, that's yeah. already been a thing. Don't need to see it. Don't need to I mean, see that again. Andrade's a heel also, but, like, the way they booked him, like, he did Like, they're very face-heavy, and I think this is sort of exposing that to where you almost need that heel champion to have the best storylines around the belt right now. Yeah, because, yeah, you do have a number of baby faces that can make that run. You know, I, I'm curious to see if maybe they turn somebody. You know, is is Darby ever going to turn on Sting and sure. become, you know, because 
And maybe they don't ever break up. Like that's always, that's certainly a possibility. We're going to keep those two together, but Sting at this point, Sting's not going to be a heel. You, you know, like Darby would have to turn on Sting at this point for, you know, I'm just kind of thinking of younger stars that they have. I mean, obviously Christian's a heel, but you're not putting Luchasaurus as much as I would love to see no. Luchasaurus AEW champ. Luchasaurus isn't going to be in a championship program anytime soon as a as a brand new heel aligned with Christian. So it just yeah, the lack of heels and strong heels, yeah, I think is is really being exposed right now. And especially because I don't see as much with the rankings anymore. It seems like the rankings are meaning less and less, yeah. especially when you put in when, when you make the case of, um, well, FTR over there, they've been number one contenders for like six months and haven't gotten a tag team champion shot, just despite having three other promotions, tag team belts around their waists and shoulders and everywhere else that they can try. I mean, I don't even know what they would do with the fourth one. I don't know right. <laughs> how they would stack them at this point, but. Yeah, I the think they definitely are getting away. Like, I believe it was Meltzer who reported that, like, that is a thing. If you go to their website, I have actually happened to be on it this week doing something else. You go to their rankings page, it hasn't been updated in, like, a month. So, like, yeah. it's just, I guess they're just sort of quietly, even though that was one of their big things, saying, hey, our matches matter, our win-loss matters. And the win-loss records are still there. But if there's no rankings to do, like, they really don't matter. But I guess they quietly want to get away from that. And maybe this gives them more flexibility to sort of build that star because it's just not there. I mean, even Adam Cole, whenever he comes back, like we've seen him chase the title and come up a little bit short. And we need that storyline to sort of say like, hey, this is what we want to watch. We want this to be the main event of the show because it really hasn't been the last few times. Yeah. So it's... It's going to be curious. I'm curious to see where they go from here. If they just dive right into MJF, that's what they're teasing. I, I don't know if that's what's best for the company at this point, but maybe it is a short run for Mox here as the three-time AEW world champ. We're going to dive into every other story, though, now on GKW. We like to call it the three count, the other three stories that are dominating the talk of professional wrestling. Brian, what do we have at number one? All right, we'll stay with AEW Grand Slam from last night. A lot came out of the show besides Mox winning the title. So what was the biggest deal from last night among these three stories? Chris Jericho, the new Ring of Honor champion, the acclaimed, the new tag team champions, or the AEW debut of Soraya, formerly known as Paige? Uh, to me, it's not even close, and it's Soraya. I mean, she got such a loud pop, and... Jericho, like Jericho's Jericho. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him as ROH champ, but... You know, Jericho didn't need it, so whatever. I'm I'm fine with it. Acclaimed, it was assumed that they were going to win the tag team champ champion championship belts last night. They're still not the best tag team in AEW. That's FTR, who we just mentioned, and the women's division has been. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. They've, without Britt Baker as the champ it seems like they're featured less and less. Like yep. they don't have very many storylines outside of their two championship belts. I was kind of hoping for that, but then with Jamie Hayter realigning herself last night with Britt Baker, there goes a potential feud without somebody being the, the champ. And Tony Storm, quite there yet. She's. I think she's on her way, man. Like I think she's on her way and they ended up putting the belt on her because they didn't want to put it back on Britt Baker quite yet. And you had the injury to Thunder Rosa, who was over in some spots. And again, apparently not over with her own locker room. Right. Um, you know, so, but Paige, 
brings another legitimate star to that women's division. And it can help shine a light maybe on some of the other women. Because right now I would say you got one legit star before yep. Soraya showed up with, with Britt Baker. Um, with Jade Cargill, you have someone that you're clearly building with this undefeated streak, the way she looks. like she's You're building her into something. And whoever ends up beating her I think is going to be a big thing for them. But that's the other kind of story you're telling. Other than that, you've got some some women that are kind of trying to make their way up. You're Jamie haters of the world. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see Ruby Soho more. Apparently she's got a broken nose now. So, she, you know, she's not going to be featured probably for, for a couple of weeks here. Um, I think you have some, some women that can be stars if you give them time. But Soraya walks in instantly. She is she, I, I don't know. I don't know if she's the top star in the women's division, but I think you can make a case for it. She's one yeah. or two. I agree with that, but the reason I won't say that like it's the biggest story from last night is because I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like because of all the reasons you've just mentioned, we've seen stars come in. Like Ruby should have been a star, Athena should have been a star, Tony Storm should have been a star, and ultimately these new stars came come in. They get that massive pop when they first come out, and then they get fed to Brit, and it, they ended up losing. And all of a sudden, all the steam's gone. They can't do anything with it to where. It got to the point that Britt and Jade were great champions, and whoever beat them, it was going to be a massive moment. But they sort of botched the way Britt dropped the title because you had the pay-per-view match with Rosa, and then a couple weeks later you did it again on Dynamite, and that sort of took away from it. There's no one on the roster right now that almost deserves to beat Jade, even though she's green and raw. Like There's not anyone storyline-wise that's been built up there. So I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the women's division. I agree. Soraya is a star. She can work around everyone, which we assume she still can work. It's been five years since she's been in the ring. But I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt they're going to book her correctly. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great point. Because you think about, I mean, I, I was there when Ruby Soho came out as the Joker. Everybody knew she was going to be the Joker of that Casino Battle Royale a couple years ago at All Out. Everybody knew she was coming out. And when Ruby Soho, the song hits, everybody's going right. crazy. Everybody's going nuts. Yes, Ruby is here. And, you know, she works her way up, loses a, a tournament. Um, you know, same thing, I, I guess, with Tony Storm. Like, you bring in Tony right. Storm, everybody's excited. And then you make her form this strange alliance with the right. champ. With th- You know, so you have Thunderstorm, and which sounds cool like for it a does, tag team. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, in, in their defense, you know, that's a cool name for a tag team. But at the same time, it's like, I thought you were trying to win that. Right. So don't beat them, join them. It, it just didn't make a ton of sense. Like it just, and, and that's the way their women's division has been booked for really most of the existence for AEW. Yeah. And they deserve credit for making Brit into the star that she is like, you know, that was organic that she was a homegrown talent that they built into that. I think, you know, the broken nose sort of added to that, but the rest of it's just been sort of lackluster. And I, I actually enjoyed how they slow burned it because to me, like six months in, six months into AEW, it was pretty obvious that like, okay, Britt's the star here. Like right. Britt uh-huh. is, and they held off giving her the championship, which which made that championship moment to me just a little bit sweeter. So what are you saying? If, you, if you're not going to say it's Soraya, what are you saying was the bigger bigger deal from last night? So I agree with what you said about the acclaim. Like we knew it was coming. The match was sort of sloppy. So to me, and this is all based on speculation, I'm going with Jericho because to me, there has to be a reason he is the Ring of Honor champion. Because him on TV holding that belt, it gets confusing, which we've talked about. So to me, 
I think it means there's a TV deal imminent that's around the corner. And the same way when they launched on TNT, they wanted Chris Jericho to be the face and say, hey, here's our champion. You remember him, right? You used to watch him on Mondays. They could do the same thing now, a Ring of Honor. But doesn't that kind of go against what Tony's hinted Ring of Honor is going to be? Because when when he, he gave that press conference uh, um, about Ring of Honor, and and he talked about he, he talked about the relationship of NXT to WWE and how yeah everybody loved NXT uh-huh. Black and Gold, but it didn't necessarily translate. So he wanted maybe ROH to be that developmental system, and. Chris Jericho at 50 plus years old, that's not developmental. No, of course. But I think what like, it is, you know, we're in football mode. Same thing with Samoa Joe. He's he's the TV champ for ROH. Same thing with FTR. Like all their champions. Is is Mercedes Martinez still the women's champ? Uh sure. I would assume so. I, I think she still works there. <laughs> like I don't like she lost to Deeb, or no, she beat Deeb right at a pay-per-view or a she beat Deeb. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah, she defended it against Deep and won it. Yeah. Okay, so I guess, but like to me, like we're in football mode. Like Jericho is champion is that veteran quarterback, and then you had the rookie quarterback ready to go behind him. So you put Jericho out there for a month of ROH TV as a sports entertainer that's holding this title that's supposed to be a prestigious wrestling title, and then the rookie quarterback's ready to go. You give him the title, Daniel Garcia, presumably from my end. And then you can just run with the young guys. Uh, I just looked it up. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is still indeed your oh, women's nice. ring of Congrats honor champion. Yeah, I, I haven't seen her for a while on television. So, you know, again, that just kind of goes, I guess, to the women's division and how it's kind of uh, gets brushed to the side in, in WWE or ring of honor. It doesn't really matter. Right. Uh-huh. Thanks. Thanks for being consistent there, Tone. Uh, what do we have at number two on the All list? Right. In the WWE world, it was announced this week that Survivor Series this year will now feature a men and women's war game match. The event will take place Saturday, November 26th in Boston. First time ever that war games will be on a WWE show. So what would you rather see, traditional Survivor Series matches or war games? I think I'd rather see war games. I've kind of reached this point with Survivor Series where I'm kind of over it. Like Before they did the brand split, I, I think I can actually point to the moment where I got over it was when Dolph Ziggler was the last man stand, like he was the last man standing. You thought maybe that would lead somewhere. And of course it didn't. Cause that's just the way Dolph's career has uh-huh. gone yep. in WWE. Unfortunately, like he gets super over and then Vince decided that he was too small or whatever. I don't know what, what he did like about Dolph uh, because there've been a couple of times where Dolph Ziggler has been super over and they just don't do anything with him. Like the first time he got hurt. So he kind of got forgotten about, unfortunately, after he cashed in that money in the bank, like what is it, 11, 12 years ago, whatever it was. But I'm, I'm kind of over survivor series because they've done the champ versus champ raw versus SmackDown. And I feel myself tuning out when they've done that in the past couple of years, because okay. Like, okay, so last year, let, let's just use AJ Styles, who has floated between both brands. So now he cares about SmackDown, but if he ends up drafted to Raw, now he cares about Raw. He just kind of goes back and forth. Like, brand loyalty isn't an actual thing, and trying to make me care about brand loyalty within one brand, WWE, for like three weeks leading up. Nah, man, like, I'm all the way out. Like, it's so I, they're actually building up factions, which makes yeah. me think that war games can work this time around for Survivor Series. In the past, it's just been a bunch of individuals who somehow ragtag their team together. And yeah, the matches end up being fun because it's 
professional wrestling, but like the build is just completely falls flat. And I feel like I can check out a WWE programming for the month of November. You know, I agree with that. Like, I, I think it's stupid, like the matching shirts and all that sort of stuff that like, that's what they care about, but the matches ultimately deliver. Like, and we get those moments that because it was Vince booking goes nowhere. Like you mentioned Dolph, like what about Keith Lee? Like he had that massive moment. And I don't remember if that was, was that two years ago at this point? Like it feels like forever ago, but like that ultimately went nowhere. But like, it sort of lends itself to that, but because of the booking, like there really is no brand at this point. Like nothing is there. Like in terms of this, like there is no brand split anymore in the WWE world, which no. I mean, that changes everything. Also, yeah, they have to do this because what Roman's going to fight himself. Right. <laughs> like the only person who can beat can uh, can beat Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. Like you can't do and and look, I I enjoyed some of those matches, like especially when we got like undersized one champ versus Brock Lesnar. We got Brian like those ended up Brock. being fun. Yeah. Which was a ton of fun. Yeah. Like we knew that Brock was eventually going to go over, but he, but Brock allowed Brian to shine and give those, those, you know, give Brian the opportunity to make us think that maybe he can win. Like we got some fun matches out of them, but like traditional survivor series matches, like, and I guess if you wanted to do champ versus champ, you still could do some of that stuff sure. outside of the war games matches that you end up putting together. If they just end up going brand versus brand war games, Man, then why the hell do we do war games? Like that will that will piss me off. Well, no, I, I imagine at least on the men's side, like you have it set up to where it's the bloodline versus someone, and then I guess on the women's side, it's damage control versus someone. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that can ultimately be good. And I saw this on social from one of those random ass wrestling pages, which damn those algorithms, they get me right now. Bloodline <laughs> versus KO, Gargano, Champa, and Sammy in war games. Whoa. So, oh man. <laughs> so Sammy's going to get kicked out at some point, Uh huh. which by the way, th I mean, when, whenever Sammy gets kicked out of the bloodline, it is going to be heartbreaking. Like, it is just over face in the company. I'll tell you that much. It is, it is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be okay. And, and, all right. All right. Let's again, second week in a row, you're bringing up Sammy Zayn being the WWE champion. Um, but like it'd be heartbreaking. Cause like when, on, on SmackDown, Sokoa's going, hey, Usos, his actual brothers, stay back. Sammy, are you coming? Like, the look on Sammy's face, and he, like, talks trash to Jay on his way out. Like, it's – man, he's just so good. And whenever he gets uh -huh. kicked out of the bloodline, it's going to be heartbreaking. And that would make a lot of sense if, if he joins up then with KO, who is hinted at trying to get Sammy back on the right track. And, and Gargano has been there as well. I mean, I don't know how Champa fits in. Like, does Champ is Champa just floating because Dexter Loomis has actually kidnapped Miz? Yeah, um, exactly. And <laughs> so Champ is by himself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know how Champa fits in there with the, the whole Dexter Loomis thing lingering over everything. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm in on war games. I enjoy the the war games or blood and guts matches AEW has done. Um, so to bring that brand, if you're going to have that brand, why hide it on NXT? Bringing it and highlighting it to me makes Survivor Series actually rise to the level of one of your big, for them, four, sometimes five, depending upon how you feel about Money in the Bank. Um, but it, it's one of the, it, it rises to the occasion of being one of their big shows if they. See, I agree. The only issue I have is when you have two, even though they're usually bookending the show, like, it's hard not to duplicate stuff. Like it's one thing to have two rumbles because the rumble is always going to have its own uniqueness. You're going to have the countdown. You're going to have surprises, but we've seen it with like money in the banks where it's like, 
oh, I already saw this ladder spot. I already saw this happen. Like you run into that with two war games or like, all right, I already saw this surprise. I already saw someone get slammed in. Like that's my only concern with having two on the card. Yeah. With the money in the bank, like I, you have to do it because it doesn't make sense. You know, I don't think you, you have to necessarily do war games matches. And maybe sometimes, you know, if this ends up being the staple for WWE, like you can kind of rotate years because they are brutal matches, right. right? So you don't need like Jericho and whatever faction he's been involved in has been involved with every blood and guts because he's always involved in a faction over in AEW. So like, that's going to be tough on his body. And we talked with, um, with daddy magic when he joined GKW about how tough that was on his body, having to go through that. So Maybe with with war games again with with the money in the bank briefcase, I think you can get away with having those two different you know because you want to have a a, a miss money in the bank and a Mister uh -huh. Money in the Bank. I get that for war games, you can just have one of those matches, and let's say this year's the men, the next year could be the women. You can kind of rotate and still provide that equality and allow some spacing out. So you know, you're, you're not going through this brutal match every single year if you happen to be one of the superstars, because I guarantee you, especially on the women's side, which isn't as deep as the men, you're going to have a lot of repeat performers every uh -huh. November going into war games. And I think also because of the yearly thing, like we see it with Hell in a Cell, like it loses that specialness. It loses that like, oh, we're going to settle in a war game. It's like, all right, we're going to have that. Like we're going to have Hell in a Cell whenever they do that. Like that's the only concern but I do think, like you said, this year they're setting up nicely, like in terms of factions and stuff. Like it should be good come November. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to see what they do. But again, I swear to God, if they just try to do SmackDown and Raw, when especially now when superstars are floating back and right. forth more than ever, like no, do not do that to me, WWE. Let's get done with this <laughs> stupid, you know, brand loyalty crap that you have to throw down on us uh, every November. What do we have at number three on? Um, Elsewhere in the WWE, early November will be Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, and the show will be main evented by Roman Reigns defending the undisputed title against Logan Paul, who will be taking part in his second ever singles match, third match ever. So what percent chance do you put on Logan Paul taking a title from Roman in Saudi Arabia? So for those who don't know, um, I, I hosted a show for six and a half years here in Milwaukee with a fellow by the name of Steve the Homer True. And okay. Homer loves to work in extremes. And I would always get on him with that for saying something 0% or 100%. And like, you have to leave that room for the possibility that it could happen. Well, here's where I kind of break that rule because it's 0%. I give him absolutely no chance at winning the WWE Universal Undisputed Championship on November 5th at Crown Jewel. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, this is absolutely not going to happen. Think of the headlines, though. Think of the mainstream attention if Logan Paul is your world champ. Yeah, isn't that how WCW ended up with uh, Arquette as their champ? Like, think of the headlines. Logan Paul's a bigger star than David Arquette, though. What is it? Over 30 million followers. That's a big star. I mean, how many would have dad back in 1998 or whatever year it was when, you know, when, when he was, you know, at the height of his popularity with Scream? You ready for this? Okay, so Bet Online has odds out for this okay. match already. Again, it's not until oh, November good. 5th, uh, but Bet Online. Um, so Roman Reigns, you would have to bet $5,000 to win $100. He is minus 5,000. 
thousand in this economy. Uh, and meanwhile, if you want to bet on Logan Paul, feel free. You can do that. Um, Logan Paul is plus 1,000. So you could bet $100 and win 1,000 if Logan Paul actually wins. That is the Those are the odds right now from Bet Online. Like, it's just, I understand why you're doing this. Yes. You're, you're feeding you're feeding Roman somebody else. Roman's not losing the championship there. And because you're dealing with the kingdom, kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they want the, the thing that's going to bring them the most attention. We see this right now in the world of professional golf with the uh, Saudi investment fund. You know, they're, they're giving money to live golf. They're making a lot of noise. They're bringing a lot of attention. That's what they want. They want the most attention possible. And while, I mean, I, I'd be excited to see Roman versus, uh, you know, KO. Roman versus Drew McIntyre again. Like Roman versus any current WWE wrestler is only going to bring in the typical wrestling fan. Whereas Logan Paul has the potential to bring in one of the 30 million people you were just talking about that follows him on social media. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it makes sense. And ultimately, like if we're going to go percentage, I put maybe a 2% chance. I think if this were Vince booking things, I would legit be concerned that Vince would put the title on Logan Paul and think, Oh man, think of the attention. No. Think of like no. the shows I, that Logan Paul can go on. I I understand that Vince did some really stupid things. I get that. Mm -hmm. Putting his biggest prize. And look, I understand he did himself no favors by booking himself in the corner with what he did with Roman. Right. But he ain't put Vince would never put the biggest prize on Logan Paul. My and Triple H ain't gonna do it. Like if Triple H put the biggest prize on Logan Paul, all the goodwill we constantly hear about, like, I swear, every every week, it's it's a different story about how the locker room or even just, uh, like, the offices in Stamford, Connecticut, like, everybody's morale seems to be up from wrestlers all the way up to the top. You would lose the locker room. Like, I think if you decided to put the, the belts on Logan Paul, you couldn't do it. I think you'd, you'd literally lose the locker room and... Well, this whole thing that we're, we're talking about where the locker room may be lost in AEW where guys are like, oh, maybe I go to WWE. You start getting that the other way. Yeah, I think in addition to that, like the fans, the fans that have all this goodwill towards Triple H right now, the fans that have a new investment in the WWE and say, you know what? Hey, it's fun to watch on Mondays and Fridays again. You lose all of them also. But there comes a business sense. And again, that's why I'm always going to say like 2%. From a business standpoint, Logan Paul with that title is appearing on shows. Like you don't see Roman doing a lot of these things. Logan Paul's on Good Morning America. Like he's going around wearing the title, sitting front row, sitting courtside. And all of a sudden you get some different eyes. So from a business standpoint, that's the only thing going to make it a little cloudy. All right. Your bucks down on Logan Paul then try to win that big grand, get that big payday. You're in Florida. You can bet on this stuff. Yeah. No, we're not allowed to bet yet. Don't worry. It's Florida. But oh, I'm you're not? Oh, Vegas. I thought Florida was. No, yeah, we lost that. No, I'm going to make this next one. Maybe we can throw five bucks on Logan Paul. How about that? Okay, there you go. Yeah, okay. At least as, if, if, as long as you're willing to spend some of your own money to bet on Logan Paul, then I'm going to buy your 2% because there. no, I am still at 0%. He is not walking. Like, And that, I guess that's the problem, and it makes it, for me, as a wrestling fan, a – I don't have to watch it live. I'll probably watch it back because it's always on, you know, in the morning. I'll probably have something else going on. And like, okay, I'll just go back and watch it whenever I have an opportunity to watch it because it'll be a Saturday morning. But 
because I know there's not a chance of Logan Paul winning, like I don't feel like I need to watch that live and feel that whatever it is is to be felt when Roman finally does drop one or both of his belts. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think like that show is almost like a throwaway show where they're like, no, 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 watch it. It's a premium live event. But like ultimately it's like, yeah, whatever. And like they're in a weird place right now with their pay-per-view schedule. Like Extreme Rules is in a few weeks. They're going to have two in November. Survivor Series is end of November. There's nothing in December this year. So like November 26th, which is Thanksgiving week, is Survivor Series. And then there's nothing till I presume the Rumble in January. Day one. No, they've got oh, day one. Day one, day one okay. is back. Gotcha. Okay. So at least they have that, I guess. Yeah, they've got day one, which I think is going to be one of their, you know, again, consistent New Year's. Yeah. Which is in, which is interesting that you want to go up against college football like right. that, but they seem to like what they had last year, and they're and going to do it again this year. That's probably a non-Roman show. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. With the Royal Rumble coming up at the end of the month, like, no, you think Roman's going to appear on two pay-per-views in the same month? Come on. No, no, not, not with his uh, what he's got. Uh, what else do we have this week, Brian, in the news and notes section? All right, we got plenty going on. Speaking of WWE, there's been a lot of hit dropping the last few weeks. The White Rabbit song has been playing at live events and during commercial breaks. A QR code this past week, if you scan it, has a game of Hangman, and the number's 923, which a lot of people leading to tomorrow which is september 23rd and maybe at 9 23 eastern maybe a surprise on smackdown tomorrow so that was because they kept flipping back right so at the end of the video if you scan the qr code or i can't remember what the the, the link is that wwe has out there you can find it on really any wrestling website you go to at this point but it would flip it had the white rabbit where it said nine dot two three and then it would flip over to the right side of the number. It would say nine with the colon 23, presumably representing 923 tomorrow, which honestly, I mean, this, this better be Bray Wyatt. First of all, like it better be Bray Wyatt, especially after Soraya debuted last night. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like, it's, it's not somebody like Bray Wyatt and it's just going to fall flat after what AEW just did last night. Like you can't have that. So it better be Bray Wyatt. Second of all, I kind of like this build. I kind of like the way they've teased this. I've, you know, to do it at house shows. And to me, it brings more value to house shows, which I already enjoyed going to because you don't have to sit through the commercial breaks. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's like going to a pay-per-view. It's just pure wrestling. You know, it's just a great night of fun. I, I love going to the house shows when they're in town. So it make it gives the house shows more value. Now something other than, I know Vince would be like, oh, anything can happen at, pre at these live events when somebody would drop the U.S. title once every five right. years at Madison Square Garden. But this actually gives actual value. You pay attention to them. They pay off. And they, like have, not having it shoved down your throat the way that Emelina, for whatever reason, is the first one that comes to my mind because that also fell so flat on its face. Yeah. But it's a lot more subtle leading to something that could be really cool and you're anticipating and have to watch tomorrow night on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, you mentioned, Emily, like, it's not Veer. We're not seeing packages every week. And, like, it's having fans do a little bit of the work, which is nice. And, like, we talk a lot with AEW about how, how maybe it's a little too inside. Like, I don't think everyone's scanning that QR code. I don't think everyone's, you know, searching through social media trying to find these clues. If you want to, you can go down that path, and it's a fun game. But even if you're not, if Bray Wyatt appears tomorrow at 923 Eastern, I assume, because I we work in uh, yeah. Eastern time zone. Yeah, um, it's, if, if he appears at 923 Central, SmackDown's over. Like, that's not okay. good for anybody. 
<laughs> Good point. <laughs> so like he's there. Like even if you haven't scanned QR code and like find clues and this and that, you're still excited to see Bray Wyatt. If it's someone else, then all of a sudden is that disappointment and is that thing I always feel bad about that WWE gets all this crap of not delivering, even though they haven't promised a damn thing. Like we all assume it's Bray Wyatt. And if it's not, it's like, oh, how did you not give us Bray Wyatt? It's like, we never said it was Bray Wyatt. So like that's the yeah. weird part. But I assume it's Bray Wyatt. But, that, well, but that's that's the tough part of having debuts in 2022. Right. Like that's the tough part because everyone's going to draw their own occlusion, conclusions right. and come up with their own assumptions about who is going to be showing up, which is why, you know, I kind of enjoyed the way that Johnny Gargano made his comeback right. after being gone for nine months. He just showed up and <laughs> – that's super exciting. So anytime you start teasing to someone, and because the last time they teased, we all assumed who it was, and we ended up being right, right. with with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Well, like, I'll ask you this: if it's not tomorrow, if it's just another clue at nine twenty-three, are you disappointed? No, no, I, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I think if they, yeah, because something has to happen at nine twenty-three. Clue, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with playing the game and continuing. Um, but if they actually make a debut, which there kind of seems like you have to make the debut tomorrow night, it'd well, have to be other, pretty There's another clue floating around. If you look at the match graphic for Rollins and Riddle for Extreme Rules, in like the back corner, there's a lantern. So like I've seen people magnifying that and saying, oh, is there something there? Is this where we see him in this match at Extreme Rules? So there's still some other hints sort of just out there floating around. Man, it's see, and again, like you said, that, that's what, what makes this so cool is it's not being jammed down your throat. Mm -hmm. Like I know we're talking about it now, but like if you want to follow, and trust me, there have been plenty of people that have been diving deep into this, trying to figure it out. And it's it's cool because it allows you to run wild with it if you want to, and you can ignore it and just go back to watching Dexter Loomis try to kidnap Miz again. And you know, by the way, like I love I love how like the the commentary is just like completely cool with Dexter Loomis yeah, trying really to come right in front of them. Like Corey Graves is the only one freaking out about it, and he actually made a point to be like, "How am I the only one who cares about this? We just watched a crime, an attempted crime happen right in front of us." And Jimmy Jimmy's like, "All right, well, on to the main event." <laughs> the other one, by the way, going back to Bray, I uh, look. I haven't actually done the digging on this one. But I was reading an article. If you look up Bray's Twitter, he tweeted a quote within the last few weeks. If you take that quote and somehow end up on Reddit, it's posted by someone whose username is White Rabbit. So. Which seems, and here, but, well, but he, that's right up Bray's alley, right? Like he's going to go yes. super inside. Like it just seems like that's way up the alley of Bray. But also because, well, the other thing about White Rabbit is there's like, because um, Karrion Cross. Like, I can't remember what promotion he was, but, like, his his name was translated to White Rabbit. So, like, I don't know if they're going to, like, form a faction. If he's, I mean, it would make sense with the current Karrion Cross right. character that those two would somehow be joined. But, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's just, it's fun pro wrestling stuff that if you want to, you can. If not. Right. And for me, like, here's, here's Riddle wrestling a couple times. Right. Like, I'm excited about Bray in this new WWE because... When he was doing the Firefly Funhouse stuff, that was legit the only thing I'd watch on Raw. Like, I'd mm -hmm. fast forward through everything, and once I see that, I'm like, no, no, I want to watch this. Like, this is entertaining. This is creative. The rest was, you know, repetitive and tag matches and rematches and stuff. So him sort of going, 
not so much unchecked as he would have in AEW, but maybe having a little bit more freedom. Like that's going to be fun to watch when we do get to see it. I feel like he, at this point with where AEW is, I feel like he could get lost in the shuffle over there where he won't right now in WWE. So I'm correct. At 9.23 Eastern time, we're going to find out, hopefully, or maybe just get another clue tomorrow night. What else we got in news and notes? Uh, in the TV world, The Hollywood Reporter reporting that in the next few years, we could see Warner Brothers Discovery and NBC Universal merge, which, why is that interesting to our shows? Well, Warner Brothers is where we find AEW, NBC is where we find the WWE. So a little merger there could be quite interesting for wrestling fans. Yeah, and and I'm just curious to see what happens if that were to happen, because in WWE obviously has Fox, but like the main partner in terms of television distribution is NBC universal. It's where their right. flagship show and they have three hours of raw every week. And that's where they house everything. That's where the WWE network is housed. So yeah, Fox is a big part of it because it's network television and they get that exposure. You know, you, you get to see the promos that, um, you know, they read during NFL on Sundays promoting WWE and SmackDown coming up, but such a big part of it's NBC Universal. So if NBC, if we're worried about one company supporting AEW, right. like if they come together, I can't imagine that one company is going to support both AEW and WWE, despite how massive <laughs> NBC Universal and Time Warner Discovery or Warner Brothers Discovery um, merger would be. And also, you got to support Ring of Honor, which, you know, their TV deal right around the corner. Like, I'm sure any day now we'll see that Ring of Honor TV deal. So it would be interesting. Like, I imagine the seniority of WWE probably gives them the leg up. Obviously, they get more viewers also on Monday. But, like, that would, I feel like, be ultimately a loss, like, for AEW. Like, we've all worried about the current merger with Discovery and Warner. And that seems to be doing okay. Like, we keep reading stuff that they might get even more TV time, you know, moving forward. But this one probably would not work out in Tony Khan's favor. I, I can't imagine. And, and apparently it can't happen until 2024. Um, uh, I think NC has like 33% of Hulu. And that's where this kind of hinges on. Like, look, I'm in way over my head now in terms of trying to figure out all this stuff. Um, but like they can, they have the option to sell that 33% back to Disney who owns the majority. And it's... A lot of a lot of business dealings that are way over my head. If you want, if you're smarter than me, which let's face it, you are, um, you can look up and find out more of the details. But the the, the main gist is it can't happen until 2024. Right. Uh, and finally, in news and notes, a little uh, fun stuff. Uh, it was advertised this week during NXT 2.0. The new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune will feature Xavier Woods on an episode. Good for him, man. Yeah. I love that he just gets to like live his best life. And just share it with us all because he's so like when they brought back King of the Ring just so he could pretty much win it. Like I'm assuming uh -huh. that's just like he bugged Vince enough and Vince was like, fine, win it. I don't care. Yeah. And, you know, the, he's just doing fun stuff that he's enjoying. And I have fun watching him have fun. So good for him. Yes. Yeah. So Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. We have to watch it. I think it's also cool from a WWE standpoint. Like I feel like we don't get those moments as much as we used to like growing up during the Attitude Era where, like, you know, The Rock is hosting SNL. Like, that doesn't happen nowadays. So getting someone like him who, like you said, is just fun to watch, have fun, like, it's pretty cool to see him get that chance. Absolutely. Um, so what do you have for your match of the week? So I felt like this week wasn't as strong. Like, we've had some weeks where it's like, okay, I got to sift through all these. 
Ultimately, I'm going to last night. I think Mox and Brian in the main event. I wanted 20 more minutes of that match. I think you could have cut some stuff from Dynamite. But I think those two delivered. It was fun. You didn't know who was going to win. And even the finish, like the fact that it wasn't the typical, like, hit the finisher, end of match. Like, to win it with a sleeper hold, like, you don't see that nowadays. And, like, it was just fun match. And I think that was my match of the week. Yeah, I agree with you that that was my match of the week. I do want to give a shout out, though, because I thought that Theory versus KO for Monday Night Raw was really good. I sure. feel like that that match just absolutely hit everything that it needed to. It helped set up, you know, Johnny Wrestling and KO next week uh, going up against the Alpha Academy. But I thought KO, I mean, KO is just delivering on a, every damn week right now on Monday Night Raw. And if you haven't been paying attention, man, you are absolutely missing out because he is doing great work on Monday Night Raw, wrestling each and every week. And, and, his match was theory who, who by the way can also go like it was fantastic yeah. yeah and i think that match sort of set that reminder where like we sort of forget that theory can go like i think because yeah. of the angle because of the gimmick and stuff like you forget like hey this kid can wrestle there's a reason they wanted him at such a young age you know the things he didn't evolve and ko obviously like i think he could do that with a broomstick but you put him in there with a guy like that and like like you said every monday like ko is must watch tv and I love getting seeing him get that spotlight and a chance to shine. Yeah, so that that's the only other match that I feel like deserved a shout out that was kind of on that level. Um, but yeah, otherwise, other than that, I mean, maybe maybe you get something this upcoming rampage. I'm guessing something hits there, but because sure. they're going to have a lot of wrestling. But that again, that's not until next week. And then I'll uh, have tomorrow a tag title match. Like, the, I don't think the Usos drop it, but for whatever reason, Monday, like seeing Pete Dunn and what's his face, Holland, like out there. Rich Holland. Those, yeah, those two all of a sudden, like that was the first time we we're like, you know what? Those guys could be tag champs. Like we've talked a lot about how there's no one to beat Roman. It's the same thing with the Usos where like we don't really have that obvious chance. I think those two, not tomorrow night, but those could be guys that ultimately win the tag titles. Impromptu question. Who drops their championships first, the Usos or Roman? Ooh, I'm going to say by hours, the Usos. I think at this point, everything's going to Mania. Like, you're not dropping anything to Mania at this point. But but the fall of the bloodline is going to be the fall of the bloodline, right? Like, yeah. it's not – you don't think it's going to be a slow bleed like the Usos drop them at, at uh, the Royal Rumble? Um, no. You know, so just like a slowly Mania. bleeding of them out. Yeah, I, I think you do it at Mania, like literally, I mean, if they book it out right now, like KO and Sammy win the tag titles and then like, you know, Cody wins the title that night or something, or maybe Roman has one left by the end of the weekend. And like, that's the only thing they're holding on to. But like, that's the only thing I can sort of see at this point. But there isn't that obvious team that beating the Usos, like, oh no, they deserve to be the next champs. Yeah, I would agree. I just kind of always assume they would go back to the well of the New Day go back to the well of, um, you know, street profits, just sure. kind of some of the, the, the standby that have, I mean, cause the new day and Usos have just been such a long standing rivalry in the WWE. And they've put on so many classic matches. Like every time they're together, they, you know, the wrestling's going to be good because they have that good of chemistry. So, um, yeah, but I, it's just a question that popped into my mind, so I thought we'd you know throw it out there. Uh, we certainly missed Jay Hood tonight, and we we let him out early. He'd be able to have plenty of time to I be know. able to find impact. <laughs> but plenty of I'm sure plenty of things are going to continue to pop off because they always do. It's the world of professional wrestling; it right. always finds a way to make relative to be relevant. And we're going to talk all about it all 
no matter when it happens, no matter where it happens. We're going to be talking about it right here next week on GKW.